But listen, isn't that what Christianity is all about? We we have a past, right? God doesn't want to blot out our past. He wants to blot out our sin. Mm-hmm. That right, our Redeemer is bigger than our past, and and we've talked about that, right? God may forgive you of your past, but He doesn't want to waste it. He's not done with you, and the reason why we know that God isn't done with you is because you're still alive, and you'll know when God is done with you, and the works that He's prepared for you are done because you pass from time on into eternity, and, and it's over, hmm. right? So I I had for many years, and we've talked about this. I prayed, I've prayed for amnesia, you know, that I would forget about some things that I've done or some lives that I've wrecked in the wake that I uh, am, you know, traveling and traversing inside this life. But uh, God doesn't want to erase our memory because he erased our record. Hmm. And that's that's really uh, the joy of it. And somebody, boy, I've, I've read this quote before, but it's it's worth reading again. You know, I often talk to Christians who have a difficulty uh, moving forward and they're haunted by their past and condemnation is so overwhelming that they can't sleep at night, they can't function during the day. And to the person who says, you know, I've asked God to forgive me, but I still feel condemned, what should I do? And Sproul responded with this. He said, listen, if you still feel condemned, well, then pray to God again. But this time, don't ask him to forgive you for the sin that is haunting you. Rather, ask him to forgive you for insulting his integrity by refusing to accept his forgiveness. You see, when God promises to forgive his people when they repent, he's not playing games. And if he says he's going to forgive you, he will forgive you. And if God forgives you, you are forgiven. Because he who the Son has set free is free indeed. Welcome to the Living Waters Podcast. Name that city from that iconic landmark game, where we name that city from that iconic landmark. Okay, guys. Here are people are some into of, this? Huh? Are people into this? Oh, so much so. I don't think so. Athens. Here are some of the most iconic landmarks in the world. Name that. Listen, not country. Would you just oh, I'm not do that. it? I'm city. Terrible. All terrible. right, ready? Uh-huh. Leaning Tower of Pisa. Italy. Oh. Pisaville. You want the city? Yeah, Pisa. Yeah, Pisaville. Good, good, Oscar. Is it really? Yeah. Ready? These are hard. Sydney Opera House. Sydney, Australia. Wow. Good <laughs> job, Ray. <laughs> Rock of Gibraltar. Gibraltar. Mm-hmm. British territory of Gibraltar. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I can do this all day. <sighs> Pyramids of Giza. 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 Wrong. Cairo. <laughs> see? See how you pull them along? Uh, Stonehenge. Hengeville. Salisbury, Wiltshire, England. Taj Mahal. Ooh. Uh, Delhi? Agra, India. Ta- Taj. Okay, you guys got to get this one. Mount Rushmore. I know it's in the <gasps> north. I know that one. You Rushville. North, unpatriotic. Dakota? Keystone, South Dakota. South Dakota. You got the state. The Acropolis. Come on. Uh, Greek. Greece. <laughs> Greek. <Yeah>. Greece. <laughs> Athens, to be Athens. exact. Athens, good. I've been there. The Colosseum. Rome, been there. Eiffel Tower. Eiffelville. <laughs> <laughs> that gives you an Eiffel. Does, this, does that take, take you back to filming the Eiffel Tower, Mark? When you... <laughs> <laughs> what happened with that, Mark? Wait, well, I wanted to get some footage. Well, Ray asked me to get some B-roll footage when, I don't know how many years ago this was. I think Carter was in office. But uh, I kept zooming in and out from uh, a sign of Eiffel, Eiffel yeah. the, the, 
the creator, the architect of the Eiffel Tower there in Paris. <laughs> Eiffel. And I don't know what it is. I think I had like 60 minutes zooming in and zooming out, zooming in. He just wanted to get a good zoom in and zoom out. And I saw the footage. <laughs> I thought, what is going on here? But it's, it's actually just a perfectionist, that's all. Yeah, we never used it. Yeah. Isn't it amazing, though, how like a, an object like that, it just, I mean, becomes so world-renowned. You see little things sold everywhere of this thing. And what, what is the Eiffel Tower? What, what's the point of it? It's a town, and it's the points at the top. <laughs> There's nothing to it. It's just all this I thought it was like stuff. a Verizon Tower. It's, <laughs> but you, you think it's about it, it, it's just been a huge uh, attraction for tourists. Like yeah. Millions of tourists. So expensive. Was uh, it? To Did get you want to buy it? one? Wait, didn't you and Ray... Uh, Climb the. Mark's <laughs> trying to buy. Mark it. wants to buy an Eiffel Tower. We did. We did climb up. We got about halfway up. You're allowed to go at the time. You can't do it anymore. Now you have to pay. But you can climb halfway up. And so we were climbing halfway up. Ray was handing out tracks, and there was another group there that were uh, handing out tracks. Ray, hmm. they were our rental crowd for open air preaching underneath the Eiffel Tower, which you can't go there anymore. I think they were handing out our tracks, or they had our oh, tracks. Oh, yeah, that's there. what it was. They were very excited. They had our tracks. Yeah. That's cool. That's How wonderful. crazy. The last time I was in London, I went to this incredible, incredible Indian restaurant. The naan was so good. What country? Uh, I was in London. Oh, London. You the, mean great Indian food? Ray, yes. do, Ray, do the, a British, do a British I accent. I was going to say, that's an oxymoron. Do a British accent. I was in London. <laughs> That's an oxymoron. (laughs) Good Indian food. Yeah. Bread was a game changer. I asked the server if he can find me the recipe, and he said he couldn't. And I was like, why? He said they they all had to sign a (laughs) non-disclosure agreement. (laughs) Sounds like Kentucky Fried Chicken. (laughs) Colonel Sanders. Oh, that's so good, Oscar. sauce. That was funny. Oh, that was a joke. (laughs) (laughs) Non-disclosure. I I got it. (laughs) Non-bread, non-disclosure. Yeah. Uh, All right, two more. Christ the Redeemer. Do you Uh, know what that is? It's in Brazil. Yes. Is that that big idol outstretched over yeah. the city? Yeah. yeah. What city? Brazil. Rio de Janeiro? Yeah. Ray Comfort. <laughs> His face <laughs> of confidence. Ray's not going to be able to be humble for the rest of the day. All right. Last one. Mount Everest. Somewhere London? China? No, this is, this is a real name. Kambu? Cam- I don't know. Close, Mark. Kumbu Pasanglahamu. <laughs> Mark's been rural, Googling these as you say them. <laughs> rural manipulability. Solukahambumba. He's been <laughs> Googling them easy. That's why he's been Mark, getting you're them. you're an evil man. Yes. How quickly you That's can how I got through school. do that. Yeah. I wonder if Google was around, <laughs> oh, man. Oh, boy. You'd have your doctorates? Yeah. Wow. But guys, iconic. But guys? But guys. But guys. But guys. No, but guys. you've been told what we're trying to do. But guys. But y'all. Guys. Y'all. Y'all. Oh, yeah. Hey, y'all. Y'all. What's your favorite uh, iconic landmark? You guys have you guys been Machu Picchu? Machu Picchu in Peru. That's right. Have you been landmark? landmark? Nope. I just want to throw. We almost went. (laughs) We almost went. Remember? (laughs) What do you mean almost? I'm going. I know. Yeah, that's right. You're going. We almost did. Yeah, and I only heard of it and learned of it from Oscar. Wow. Oscar goes to Peru. You got to go to Machu Picchu. Picchu. Got to hike it. You know, I I would love to go to the. uh, Is it the Parthenon? Parthenian. Parthenon? Parthenian. Oh, it's, it's like been standing forever, and it's Give amazing. Give us a clue. Is that that thing without a nuts, the stinks? The one with without the hole the nose. in it. The, yeah. Or the Colosseum. I'd love to see the Colosseum. It's yeah. pretty amazing. I love seeing things that are still standing, and you know they're 1,000, 2,000 years old. You know what's interesting for me is that I every time I go somewhere and I'm like, i got to see this thing, 
like the last time I, when I was in Singapore, for example, you know, you want to go see the the big building with like the surfboard on top of it, and it is amazing. I went and I saw it, and I was, and, but then like five minutes later, I'm like, okay. I'm good. Uh, but for me, the thing that I love more than anything else when I go to different countries is like getting the local experience, going to a local restaurant, walking around markets and food vendors. I can spend days doing stuff like that. It, I, it only takes me like five minutes to move on. With that said, I would love see, to see the pyramids. Oh, yeah. Egyptian I, that, that's, yeah, that's top on my list. And the Taj Mahal. I think those yeah. two. Well, so Niagara Falls is a beautiful place to visit. Niagara Falls. Slowly. We Have turn. you ever Slowly seen the bagel of bellflower? <laughs> 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 that is, that is one of the seven wonders of the world. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I wish they would wash that thing. It's just so yeah, dirty. Well, it's, it's a dirty it's bagel. It's just at the top. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's just opposite were... our ministry. There's this massive bagel on a fast food place. Yeah. All right, friends. In fact, this is the first thing put in this comment, which, by the way, comes from podcast at livingwaters.com. So make sure to email us there. All right, frowns, they said in quotation marks. I just wanted to thank you for your humor and for voicing your hard truth convictions for us to hear. I've always loved Ray Comfort, but just found out about this podcast. I listen intently to each episode, working my way backwards and learn something each time. Why do they just sit in frontwards? <laughs> I feel like I finally found my kindred spirits when it comes to the truths about Jesus and the goings-on of this world. The episode you did on the LGBTQ issue was splendid. I appreciate how you talk about compassion, but never minced hairs on the truth that it is a sin and being solid in this truth. The tips you gave through hypothetical scenarios were very helpful as well. I've shared your podcast with several people. Thank you so much for all you do. Well, that's wonderful. Faithfully, Sonia Funk from Oklahoma City. Sonia, that was very encouraging. Thank you for listening. Backwards and forwards. You know, there are people that listen to the certain episodes again and again. Yeah, but they can't listen on double speak because you can't hear a word you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right, friends, this podcast is brought to you by a little self-serving today. Remember when uh, gospel track. Do you remember who wrote that? Uh, Emil Swain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, this is a tract I wrote many years ago. In fact, it was kind of inspired by what I would say at the courthouse that you, Mark, and I would go to daily, uh, just about you know all these different iconic figures who we thought were immortal and invincible, and they ended up going in the way all the other and dying, and springboards from that into the gospel. So it's got good large print. It, it works for everybody, but especially maybe for elderly people that can't... Uh, See. Uh, see you very well. But it, it's got great graphics inside it, real nice. The Remember When tract. And don't forget the Living Waters mug. Backwards, that's a gum, by the way. And the Evidence Study Bible at livingwaters.com. Man, Oscar, you need an Oscar for that. Thank you. Was that an Emmy? Whatever. By the way, the Evidence, I'm sorry, not the Evidence, the Living Waters podcast mug. Uh, is available for you. And uh, as a reminder, we are offering up a bit of a, a social media competition. If you have the mug, take a picture of it, do something silly or fun, recognizable, memorable. Not dangerous. Use, not dangerous. Ah! <laughs> Oscar resumes all <laughs> responsibility for that. Uh, post a picture of it using the hashtag Living Waters Mug, and we will pick a winner and send you some goodies. Mark, you remind me of Bruce Cook with that Fu Manchu mustache Oscar drew on you on the mug. Someone's going to send a picture of their dog drinking out of a living water's mouth. No, desecration. (laughs) 
All right, friends. Uh, today uh, we are dealing with how to deal with regrets. <laughs> Past regrets. Wait, wait, wait. Wasn't there a tattoo like that? <laughs> Somebody posted a tattoo that <laughs> on they, their forearm, right? They got no regrets, but the, they spelled it wrong, and it says no regret. Oh, the irony. Seriously. There's also a track that we had. It said plan ahead, but there wasn't enough room for the head. The a h e a. Oh, that's fun. And it would go up at the end because there was not enough room to get the actual graphic. Wait, in. we had one of those. I had one. Well, we had a million printed in New Zealand. We didn't bring them over here. A million? A million? A million? Well, we There's had only there, like five there, people. Yeah, over there. but there was ten <laughs> titles. We uh, printed a million. How did they do? How they do what? Did they? <laughs> <laughs> they went well. It's they not funny well. how you meet someone and say, "How do you do?" Do what? They what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Do what? Right? Does your brain ever? Like, take a break on finding puns and things. What are you talking about? Because it's, it's like nothing slips by you. Any, <laughs> seriously, it's so weird talking to my own father-in-law that I, have, I seriously at times have to pre-plan what I'm going to say so that I avoid the interruptions of like... What do you mean by that? <laughs> see? Look. No, but like, uh, you know, what'd you speak on? Hey, I'm platform. I'm in the platform. <laughs> How'd you sleep last night? And he Long drops deal. to the ground like this, and then I tan out of a light mass. <laughs> so I have to phrase it intentionally. How was your sleep last night? What was your message about? See how you've ruined my life, Ray Covered? <laughs> no regrets. And loving it. Yeah. <laughs> and loving it. <laughs> All right. Let me let me just So guys. So guys. So guys. Um, so guys. So and reap, guys. I have to I want to jump in on this from the outset and just say You should just hop on in. Jump on in. If there's anything I have to fight as one of the biggest fights in my life as a believer, it's to not allow myself to be haunted by my past. Like what? Well, I, I was a wretched sinner before I got saved. And so I have a rap sheet, you know, of things that I had done, people that I had hurt, things I had engaged in. You know, you guys had a past too, but I, I feel like I was so extreme because of the lifestyle I lived, just getting, you know, wrapped up in the gang. Isn't it great and, to think God doesn't know anything about that? Yeah. And that's the thing I, I have to try to remi- remind myself of because it's the one thing that's so easy to forget. You know, it's those those things, especially, you know, people that I've hurt and, you know, things that I've said and, ah, it just, it comes back and haunts me sometimes. You guys ever deal with that where things pop? But doesn't it bring you back to the, the mercy of God? Right. You know, you yeah, think, that's what I want it to do. But there are times when it just, you know, in my frailty. We love to give things away. We love to give things away. And that's why we will do that every single day here on the Living Waters podcast. That's right, friends. We're giving away goodies for those of you who go to livingwaters.com forward slash podcast and fill out the form. We are giving 10, believe it or not, 10 different people each week goodies from Living Waters, $100 value for each box. You'll get tracts and books and a podcast mug and all kinds of good things. So make sure to participate at livingwaters.com forward slash podcast. And make sure to listen to the very end of the podcast where you will hear the announcement of the winners every week. Do you want to go back to those people you punched in the face and say, I'm so sorry, that sort of thing? They wouldn't. They were like, I didn't feel it. Was there a twilight? I didn't feel it. No need to apologize. Uh, What what punch? (laughs) What are you talking about? Did a fly land on me? What just happened? (laughs) But listen, isn't that what Christianity is all about? We we have a past, right? God doesn't want to 
uh, blot out our past, he wants to blot out our sin. Mm. That right, our Redeemer is bigger than our past, and and we've talked about that, right? God may forgive you of your past, but He doesn't want to waste it. He's not done with you, and the reason why we know that God isn't done with you is because you're still alive, and you'll know when God is done with you, and the works that He's prepared for you are done because you pass from time on into eternity, and, and it's over, mm. right? So I I had for many years, and we've talked about this. I've prayed for amnesia, you know, that I would forget about some things that I've done or some lives that I've wrecked in the wake that I uh, am, you know, traveling and traversing inside this life. But uh, God doesn't want to erase our memory because he erased our record. Hmm. And that's that's really the joy of it. And somebody, boy, I've, I've read this quote before, but it's, it's worth reading again. You know, I often talk to Christians who have a difficulty uh, moving forward and they're haunted uh, by their past and condemnation is so overwhelming that they can't sleep at night, they can't function during the day. And to the person who says, you know, I've asked God to forgive me, but I still feel condemned, what should I do? And Sproul responded with this. He said, listen, if you still feel condemned, well, then pray to God again. But this time, don't ask him to forgive you for the sin that is haunting you. Rather, ask him to forgive you for insulting his integrity by refusing to accept his forgiveness. You see, when God promises to forgive his people when they repent, he's not playing games. And if he says he's going to forgive you, he will forgive you. And if God forgives you, you are forgiven. Because he who the Son has set free is free indeed. Wow. That's so good. And... You know, the person that I oftentimes think about when it comes to the issue of regret, because, I mean, first of all, he had to um, be reminded of it in that culture because there were a lot of them around, but every time a roaster... A roaster? A roaster? <laughs> like a chicken roaster? I've got coffee on my mind. Every, every time a rooster crowed, Peter was reminded... Or even oh, like his friends. you were going to say it. An angel got its wings. <laughs> <laughs> Every time a rooster crows, just the friends looking over at Peter and just rolling yeah. their eyes. Oh, man. But but seriously, like, the Lord told Peter he was going to do this. I mean, if there's any commentary on the, the frailty of the human nature, the feebleness of man's mind, right. it's that. Peter, here's what you're going to do. Here's when you're going to do it. Not so, Lord, you know. Yeah. Next thing he How knows. much time had lapsed before that had taken place? It wasn't much. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I would have done if I was Peter's friend? I'd have bought him a rooster for his birthday. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, and you know... Too you, soon? Have you ever thought about why Peter denied Jesus? You know, why? He, it wasn't in his will, but I, I, I often thought about the fact that Peter had probably seen men crucified. Hmm. What a horror to see a human being. I mean, Jesus gave his hands willingly to the cross, but you can guarantee those that were nailed to that cross Mm. with every instinct they had pulled their hands away from those Roman guards that were holding them down. They were going to nail them, then hold them up by their own weight, and they're going to suffocate up there, and they break their legs. Mm. What a horror beyond words. So he probably heard strong, manly men wail like an animal as they were nailed to the cross. And he thought, that could be me if I say, I know this man. Until yeah. finally he embraced the cross. Yeah. You know, church history would tell us, and he was crucified upside down. And he had a new heart, new desires. That was, it got crucified in New Zealand. Yeah. <laughs> That's all it meant. Yeah, and, and you know, and Peter, it says, 
had Christ look at him says and and right when the roaster crew uh, <laughs> <laughs> in the world what is going <laughs> on with you roaster Mr. Wordsmith roaster crew roaster the rooster crow that'd be man. a great name for a Christian coffee shop though <laughs> that's right roaster crew roaster crew yeah at least you got Peter's name right try oh, again <laughs> but no I mean when that happened when reteep Jesus looked at him oh man and it says he went out and he wept bitterly. Hmm. Can you imagine that, you know? But what an example, though. And for those of you listening today, I know that there are a lot who deal with this, where your, your past is constantly thrown in your face. Some of you have done some, some radically heinous things. Maybe some of you are listening and you don't know the Lord. You're the ones that I really feel deep pain for because you don't have the, the true answer to escape from that terror. You know what it is, but you haven't you haven't realized that answer because you haven't repented and come to know the Savior who can wash your sins away and wipe your slate clean. But for those of you that know the Lord and you're struggling with those past things, remember, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. St. Corinthians 5 says, all things have passed away. The old things are all gone. All things have become new. Mm. You're a new creation in him, right? And in the context there, it was that life of living for self. It was that life of living for your own pleasure rather than to please him in all things. And that's all gone. Your sins are wiped away. But let Peter be an example to you. He was used by God. When Christ came back, when he rose from the dead, he called for him by name. Hmm. This is the same Paul that stood up on the day of Pentecost, Peter, <laughs> that stood up on the day of Pentecost and proclaimed that powerful gospel where, where you know, a couple thousand people got saved. Yeah, I, I love the fact that there's no condemnation of those who are in Christ Jesus, like you had mentioned, because he, he, the, the only one who can condemn you is the only one who reached into the dark cavern of your heart and did the one thing for you that you couldn't do for yourself, and that is to justify you in mm. his sight. Amen. I saw that hand. 3,000. No, I was, just, I was just thinking this morning, and it's like one of your silly games that you play. I'm going to mention a name, and you think, what comes to your mind? What gets triggered in your mind when you hear this name when it comes to the regret they may have had? Adam. What was his transgression? Ooh, yeah. You think of the consequences of his transgression. His, his transgression was disobedience. Yeah. The consequences was death on all humanity. Solomon, what mm. gets triggered? Yeah. Love of foreign women. What can we learn from that? Yeah. Stay away from foreign women <laughs> and local women. David, mm. what gets triggered? What would his regret be? Yeah. Lusting, lust bringing forth sin. Saul, or even Judas, the transgression of Judas. Mm. What can we learn from that? Because Scripture says, 1 Corinthians 10, 11, now all these things happened to them as examples, that they were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the age have come. So oh. each of those names should cause us to sit up and say, boy, I don't want to fall into the same trap he fell into. Oh, that's so good, Ray. Yeah, the, the lessons of the past. Oscar, what's your take on this? You know, when I think about the things that I've done in the past... Uh, what, what sort of thing? Like what? All of the Tell things. Tell us. I was a pretty worldly guy in my 20s. If I think about it in that kind of a way, I often don't share details about the things that I did in my 20s and, and the way that I pursued relationships and money and blah, 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 blah. But not because I am ashamed of it, but let me explain why. Because when I think about what I was doing then, I'm thinking about a totally different person. Yeah. Mm. God has made me a totally different person. So when those memories come to mind, I feel like I'm almost like watching someone else's story, That's though true. I know it was mine. 
You know what I mean? I'm thankful. It brings me to a place of gratitude that I am not like that anymore, that Mm -hmm. I value women differently than I did then, that I I, I look at finances differently than I do now, the way I used to be, you know, a very angry person. Like I'm, you know, I'm I'm so thankful the Lord has killed those sin. Thank you. Praise God for that. (laughs) But with that said, there are times where I think that God gives us an opportunity to make amends, to reconcile. And I, I don't know if I've shared the story, maybe I have, mm-hmm. but there's that story about when I was an atheist, I was dating a young lady whose dad was a pastor. By the time we were done dating, she had a huge Marxist tattoo on her side. She had left her Christian college. She had you know renounced her faith. And, and when I got saved a few years later, she came to mind and I knew what I needed to do. I think I've said it here before, but in, on three for three, oh, Ray. Wow. Three episodes three in a row, for Ray three. Comfort. Unbelievable. <laughs> I do not understand. My mouth, also, my mouth has stopped. I have no justification. You know what? I call that iPad abuse. That's yeah, what it is. Yeah. I'm calling it iPad well, protective services. Gravity again. Thank you, Mark. Yeah, yeah. It's just going to happen again, Mark. It's yeah, pointless. Yeah, just leave it on the it's ground. It's totally pointless. Anyway, we Oscar. should tie it to a string you know what, and like glue it. Do you know what Kirk once? This is a quote from Kirk Cameron about me. I knocked something over once when he was recording. I was in another room and he said out loud, it's like traveling with a four year old. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget my quote a little boy in a little boy's body. <laughs> Go ahead, Oscar. So, you know, when I first became a Christian, I was really. I came to the realization of the kind of influence that I had on this person. More than that, I realized the kind of things that I put that person's parents through because they knew I was an atheist and her dad was like this retired pastor. So I drove to the, the parents' house. I, had, I didn't have her number anymore. I drove to her parents' house and like cold knocked on their door. They open it and I, I walk in there and I share my testimony with them. The dad, like the mom was shocked. The dad didn't say a word. I am not exaggerating. He did not say a word. When I was done giving my testimony and apologizing to them and telling them, look, I just want to reach out to her and apologize to her and tell her I was wrong. Your parents were right. The mom gets up and walks into the room and I was like, is she going to go get the gun? What is happening here? You know, she walks back out, uh, walks me to my, to the front door, hands me a piece of paper and like says goodbye to me. I open it up and it's her, her phone number. And so I gave her a call, met her, met her for pizza at Mark's favorite restaurant. I shared my testimony in the gospel with her. And the first thing she said, the first thing that came out of her mouth, I'll never forget it was you, you're a Christian, you, and you know, we, debated back and forth for a little bit at the at the t- dinner table and then I was walked, she an atheist she was an atheist atheist, atheist. Hmm. she was an atheist I walked her to her car and when we got there she started crying and she said it, she knew it was all true wow. and to pray for her wow. and the reason why I bring that up is because there are times where the Lord might remind you of something not because he wants you to live in shame and guilt but because he wants you to to pursue reconciliation mm. for something you've done that's a great point Oscar yeah, and I think, right, that is the extreme flip side of, you know, self-condemnation. It's getting to a place where we don't allow ourselves to be impacted by the past sins of our lives to the point where we realize we hurt people and there are things that need to be made right. And Mark, God can bring like radical freedom and healing to other people's lives through the confession of our sin of how we've hurt them. Yeah, people say, why do I feel so guilty? 
And the answer is because you're guilty, hmm. right? You're, you are guilty. That, that, that's it, right? Um, I, I read a quote a while ago. I wrote it down. I don't know who actually said it, but he said... Uh, or she. Or she. Jesus hides our unrighteousness with his righteousness. He covers our disobedience with his obedience. And he shadows our death with his death so that the wrath of God cannot find us. He finds no spot on you. There's no decay in you. And therefore, no punishment awaits you. I know that there's people that are listening to this podcast that just feel beside themselves with uh, despair and they feel hopeless and helpless and they're sick and they're tired. Where, where do you go from here? Yeah. You know, Matthew twenty four twelve, I think it is, it says, because lawlessness will increase, the love of many will grow cold. Mm-hmm. See, the problem is sin cuts the throat of praise. And if you don't find yourself praising and worshiping and lifting up holy hands to God and speaking to one another in spiritual songs and hymns and making melody in your heart, it could very well be that you've just kind of wandered a little too far from the throne and you've lost sight of the, the point and the purpose of why Christ came, which is more than just give us fire insurance. But we, we've been called into the beloved to have fellowship with him who created us, who knows all about us and isn't leaving us. You know, I- anyways, the promise still remains. Mm. that if, if you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. And that, that is as simple as a prayer. It's as simple as opening up God's word with pen in hand and journal before you and, and starting what you believe to be back at square one. But it's not because God doesn't waste anything. He specializes in giving beauty for ashes. Mm. He only does wondrous works, Job says. He only does miraculous things, the psalmist said. So if we were to just kind of pause for a moment where we're at, and realize that Christ will never leave us nor forsake us, and that he is here with us. I I think it'll go a long way. It's like Vance Havner, he said, Christ did not come to rub it in, he came to rub it out. Hmm. Right? And sometimes God puts us on our back so that we look up, and maybe we just need to have that honest confession. Lord, I I feel like I'm on my back, because if I stand up, I, I just believe I'm leaning in the wrong direction. I'm heading in the wrong direction. I've made nothing but wrong directional decisions. Wow. I, I need you. Mm. And that that prayer is, a, is the prayer similar to what Peter had when he began to sink inside the water, right. where he didn't know which way was up. And he didn't give this long pontificated prayer of explaining his situation and circumstance <laughs> before the Lord. It was just, Lord, help. Yeah. And so many times I've been beside myself where not even the English words come out. It's just a groaning from within where I'm just beside myself. And it's like, Lord, you know, and a thought comes in my head and I go, yeah, I I got nothing to say about that. I don't know what to say about that. Lord, you know, you know, Lord, help, help, mercy. I'm asking for mercy. Hosea says that you delight in being merciful, God. You delight in holding back that which I deserve. God, be merciful. Amen. And there's the Lord to be merciful. Mark, you know, I have that painting in my office that sits behind my desk. I see it every time I walk in and it's that painting of, of Jesus walking on the water and Peter Peter, you know, trying to walk to him and Peter is sinking and he has his hand held out and it captures that moment where Peter says those three words, Lord, save me. Hmm. And that, that painting is so unreligious looking. Oh, I love it's it. That's beautiful. why I loved it. It's yeah. and the lighting on it. No one's wearing a plate on their head or anything. Yeah. And, and, but Mark, I love, I love the way you said it. He didn't pontificate. 
he didn't, it was just, Lord, save me. And, and that's, I believe, one of the prayers that the Lord delights in most. And friends, if, if you're listening to this and you're drowning in regret over past sin, over ways you've hurt people, over a life that was maybe, in your estimation, wasted, just, Lord, save me, save me from this, help me, and then remember what he did. Right? I, have, I have a question for you. Don't you think that regret is one of the best teachers from the standpoint of when you've tasted it, it should be a warning sign for what you choose to do going forward because you're only going to get more of it. Right. Regrets, I have a few, but then again, too few to mention. <laughs> I did it my <laughs> way. That would be a What a wicked him. song. <laughs> yeah. Um, each of us should strive not to do anything today that will be regretted tomorrow. Mm. And one Bible verse that helps me and has helped me so much and something I drilled into my kids was whosoever keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps his soul from troubles. Mm. If you say something that's wrong and you start a fire because of it, you can't do anything about it. It's just, it's uncontainable. It just spreads. And so it's really good to use the weapons that are each side of your tongue. Mm. If it's going to say anything that's not right, not in the fear of God, bite it yeah. wow. really hard. Better oh, to have good. blood in your mouth than blood on the floor. Ooh. Oh. Was that uh, just make that up then? No, it's a poem I read a long time ago, but I can't remember. It didn't who. rhyme. <laughs> Not all poetry <laughs> rhymes. It should. I don't like unrhyming poetry. First uh, Corinthians 7 verse 10, I think, really helps us navigate the difference between godly regret and worldly regret. First Corinthians mm. chapter 7 verse 10 says... For godly grief produces repentance that leads to salvation without regret, mm. whereas worldly grief produces death. Godly regret will bring you to a place of repentance, and repentance will always end in rejoicing in the work of God. Mm. Worldly regret creates shame and bitterness. Uh, we are ashamed of ourselves. We're ashamed of our sin. We grow bitter towards other people. Often, sometimes, you know, oftentimes when we have a lot of regret, it's often a sign that not only are we not understanding God's forgiveness for us, but we have difficulty forgiving others. And so it leads to shame and bitterness. And so I think the distinction here, what we're saying is regret is going to happen. The difference is, do you, does regret bring you to a place of repentance that ends with rejoicing or does it leave you stuck in shame and bitterness? If it's leaving you stuck in shame and bitterness, there is an aspect of the gospel that you have not yet come to understand and apply to your own heart. Yeah. Right. And, and that is, you know, the answer ultimately it's, it's looking back to what Christ did. It's looking back to the cross. You know, you, you think of, of some of the instances in scripture where we see areas where there was a lot of harm done, where there, there could have been ongoing detriment because of the lingering effects of regret. I mean, you think of King David as an example, you know, and what had happened with Bathsheba, God's judgment and the child died. Mm. And David was inconsolable. You know, he, he was... A, on his face, weeping, he would not eat. His servants were pleading with him. And then it says in 2 Samuel 12, 19 to 22, it says, when David saw that his servants were whispering, David perceived that the child was dead. This is when the judgment had come, the child was sick. It says, therefore, David said to his servants, is the child dead? And they said, he is dead. So David arose from the ground, washed and anointed himself and changed his clothes. And he went into the house of the Lord and worshiped. Hmm. Then he went to his own house he requested they set food before him and he ate. 
Then his servant said to him, what is this that you have done? You washed, you fasted and wept for the child while he was alive. And when the child died, you arose and ate food. And he said, while the child was alive, I fasted and wept for I said, who can tell whether the Lord will be gracious to me that the child may live? Uh, and then, you know, it goes on from there. I didn't even pace the rest of the verse anyway. But it was beautiful, the rest of the verse. Yeah, yeah it's good. But you know what you bring? I, I love that you bring up David and Bathsheba because David says something very unique in Psalm 51 that really gives us an indication on how to move from God from worldly regret to godly regret. He says in Psalm 51, restore to me the joy of your salvation. Mm. And we often cling to restore and joy and salvation, but the key word in there is your salvation. And the reason why I'm bringing that up is because often regret, I think the lie that, that is instilled within us is that I did something wrong and I need to fix it or I can't fix it and I am stuck because of what I can or cannot do. But notice that David says, restore to me the joy of your salvation. What understanding that aspect of the gospel that we're not understanding is that we need to move away from the things that we have done and the things that we can or cannot do and start focusing on what God has done for us. When we do that, we move from that worldly regret to the godly regret that produces repentance that leads to joy. Yeah, amen. amen. Yeah, here's the rest of that. It says, but now he is dead. Why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, but he shall not return to me. And then I love verse 24. First part of it says, then David comforted Bathsheba, his wife. And there's that element, you know, of when we get to that place where we recognize, okay, this is all because of my sin. This is what I've done. Obviously, David was was repenting. He was pouring his heart out before God, you know. And then God manifested, this was the consequence. You know, David could have lay there and say, man, my child died because of my sin. I mean, this was reprehensible what he did. David mm. did some terrible stuff, but he got up. Mm. He got up. And he made that determination, okay, I'm going to move forward now. I still have a God to serve. And then I have a wife who I led into that sin, who just lost her child that I have to comfort. And God can do that. Like, Ray, e even through our sin and failure, and some of us with these testimonies that we have, God can still use us to speak hope to people. Paul said he was, he was a pattern for those that would believe. Absolutely. The question we've got to ask ourselves is, did the roaster crew? <laughs> did the rooster, Got him. roaster crew. Yeah, that, 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 uh, the roaster, the rooster crowing is really a, a type of the conscience. Yeah. And we need to listen to that voice. But yes, the, the, way to, the way to bring your problems into proportion is think of the fate of the ungodly. Mm. You know, we, wow. we, we, no matter what our problems are, they're nothing compared to your neighbor or your friend or the person that's walking past you if they don't know the law, what, they have to, what, they, what they've got coming. Huh. So that's one way to get that weight off yourself is to think of the weight that's on others. Mm -hmm. Mark, re repentance is a, it's a beautiful word, isn't it? The hope that that word conveys. Yeah, it, it means that God sees you the way you are, but he cares too much to keep you that way. Somebody once said that repentance is the most beautiful word in the English mm -hmm. language. I love it. I remember uh, saying that. I was quoting somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> it's departing from the sins that we once loved to the God that we hope to love. Yeah. Um, and we'll never be able to uh, love God in, in a fashion for which he is deserving. 
You know, that's why the psalmist said, be exalted, O Lord, in your own strength, right? I have no true ability and strength in and of myself to worship you to the capacity for which you are deserving of worship. Amen. So what do I have? All I have is what I can possibly give you. And oftentimes we're just limited by our English vernacular or we're limited by our limited actions to be able to do something. Somebody also once said that we're so quick to confess certain and specific sins and we fail to recognize that we're just a big blow it. I mean, that, that's just kind of what we are, right? And God just receives us as believers because into the beloved because of what Christ did. So therefore, we have that boldness and that access to come into the Holy of Holies, to enjoy fellowship, to dine at the master's table, to enjoy the bread and wine, and to not need to leave. Yeah. You know, it, I also thought of it like this, right? So imagine if you would, you know, you're away at work and your child is, you know, right around one years old. And your child begins to walk, and you're not there to be able to experience those steps. So your wife comes along and gives you a call and says, hey, Mark, you know, Noah, he, he took three steps today. He's you, 21, by the way. He's 21, yeah. <laughs> um, and you're, you're, you're super stoked. You're super excited. Notice she doesn't say, Noah fell down three times today. Wow, that's so good. Right? Yeah. Yeah. He good, took Mark. three steps today. Wow. There, there's never a focal point so on good. that which was negative with God in the midst of that, unless it can be used for the betterment of fellowship with God. Yeah. So God does not focus in on our sin because as far as the East is from the West, he's removed our sin from us. Yeah. And when there is a problem with our tongue and worship, what God's longing for is that fellowship, not even so much for his sake, but for our sake, yeah. because we've wandered from that throne. Amen. You know, uh, Oswald Chambers said something extremely powerful. He said, our yesterday's present irreparable things to us. It is true that we have lost opportunities which will never return, but God can transform this destructive anxiety into a constructive thoughtfulness for the future. Let the past sleep, but let it sleep on the bosom of Christ. Hmm. Leave the irreparable past in his hands and step out into the irresistible future with him. So good. I love that. Let him rest on the bosom of Jesus. You can't take God out of the equation when you're talking about attempting to overcome regrets. It's all interrelated to the gospel. He's the reason why you can press forward on two fronts. One, if you know him, your sins are washed away as far as east from the west, never to be brought up again, totally gone. That document that was brought out against you, Colossians says, has been nailed to the cross. He's taken that out of the way. And then he has a way of causing all things to work together for good, Romans 8, 28, as what? He conforms you into the image of Christ. And, and to follow up on that, I think this, this really connects with it well. John Piper said this, he said, occasionally weep deeply over the life you hoped would be, grieve the losses, then wash your face, trust God, and embrace the life you have. And let that become an outflow into thanksgiving, into recognizing, Lord, I should be in hell and I'm not. And it's not the way I wish it had been. This was my doing, but you've redeemed me. You've given me everlasting life. And I've shared the illustration with the, with, with the invisible book before, how there are these different sections in it. You know, when you meditate on failure and sin and regret, you produce more of the same because time moves at a consistent pace. You either move with it, which means you proactively walk with God or you quote unquote give up, but it moves you along and it still writes more of your history and it's gonna be more sin and failure because if you're not proactively pursuing the Lord, that's what will result. And that is in and of itself sin and failure. So open the past chapters one more time, extract 
from those past chapters, lessons learned, put them in the appendix of your book, then repent over everything that's left that's sin, take the brush, dip it in the blood of Christ as if though it were super glue, dab it over every page, turn each page, do the same thing, dab it with the blood of Jesus, turn it over until there's nothing but a thick block and you get to the place where there are hundreds of blank pages ahead waiting to be filled and begin afresh, hmm. begin anew. That's good. Uh, and let the Lord restore you. There's a practical exercise that I will do with uh, on my laptop, and that is I will start laying out any possible sin, anything that's weighing heavy on my heart. I just type it all out. And then I look at... Is that why all your memory's full? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, I, and I look at it. It's funny that, that you mentioned that because I'm getting to that. And I write it all on my computer and I look at it. And then I do Command A. Wow. And then I highlight all that's of delete, it. It's delete, isn't it? Uh, no, it's just it highlights all of oh, it. Oh, okay, gotcha. And then I highlight it and I put it red as if the blood of Christ washes over it. Whoa. And then I hit delete. Wow. And I never saved it. Hmm. And neither did the Lord. Oh, that's wow. so good, Mark. Praise the Lord. You know, the, the key, and you were talking about it as total commitment to the Lord, if you lay your head upon the bosom of Christ, you'll hear the heartbeat of God. Mm. Oh, I love that. Yeah, amen. And and let me wrap us up here because we're we're running out of time. But for those of you within the church too, don't forget the words of Paul in Second Corinthians five, uh, Second Corinthians two five three eight. After he wrote in the first epistle about the man who had been sleeping with his stepmother, right? It appears he repented, and he says this. But if anyone has caused grief, he has not grieved me, but all of you to some extent, not to be too severe. This punishment which was inflicted by the majority is sufficient for such a man. So then on the contrary, you ought rather to forgive and comfort him, lest perhaps such a one be swallowed up with too much sorrow. Therefore, I urge you to reaffirm your love to him. I've talked about this before. The church needs to learn to embrace those who have repented with hearts abounding with love with unconditional reception of them. Yes, working with them, helping them to avoid those sins again in the future, but not treating them as a second-class citizen in the family of God. We can't let them get swallowed up by too much sorrow by giving them a reminder of their past sin. God has forgiven it. We need to act like it's forgiven and love toward them. Well, there you have it, friends, the gospel. It's the center of it all. You, in him, you have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, Run to your Savior, let him hold you, and transform your life. There you have it. No stupidity today, which is hard to avoid. Well, you've already done it with yeah, the program. last three hours. But remember, podcastlivingwaters.com. Give us your comments and all that good stuff, ratings and all that good stuff. And don't forget the Remember When track, Living Waters Mug, the Evidence Study Bible, all at livingwaters.com. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you here next time on the Living Waters podcast, the ultimate cure for insomnia. Oh, there's the <laughs> stupidity. Winners, winners, winners. That's you, friends. Those of you who I'm about to announce are the winners of this week's podcast giveaway on the Living Waters podcast. We've got Carlos from Lamont, California, Daniel from Jamestown, North Carolina, Ed Washburn from Tennessee, David Norwood from North Carolina, Doug Campobello from South Carolina, Ali from Falls Church, Virginia, Adrian from Hattiesburg, Mississippi, Joshua from Excelsior Springs, Missouri, Eva from Bow Island, Canada, and Penelope from Bardwell Park, Australia. Shout out to the Aussies and the Canadians out there. Friends, 
you can get this too, those of you who are listening. Just share the word and sign up for the Living Waters podcast.